Hello, police department? I want to report a robbery. Some crook just stole my radio. Two oil paintings worth $90,000 and my wife. Send out a dragnet and get back my radio. I've got to hear the life of Riley. Teal, T-E-E-L, Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice. That's it. T-E-E-L. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, brings you the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Remember, friends, for beautiful smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. And just for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley, in the life of Riley. Chester A. Riley, California aircraft worker, is a man who, figuratively speaking, has a big heart and an even bigger neck. Whenever someone he knows is in trouble, he opens the former and sticks out the latter. Right now, he's approaching the private office where the big boss, Mr. Stevenson, is barking into the dictograph. Miss Bennett, what about that New York call? Can't they reach Professor Hotchkiss? Well, keep trying. If I can't close a deal with Hotchkiss, this whole plant may have to shut down. Hello, Mr. Stevenson. How are you, boss? I'm busy right now, Riley. Well, yes, sir, but I'll only pester you a minute. I figured that maybe you was lonesome with your family out of town, so I got you a guest card at my club, the BPLA. The BPLA? Yes, sir, the Brooklyn Patriots of Los Angeles. <laughs> now you can shoot pool there anytime. Yeah, uh, thanks, Riley. Nice of you. Oh, there it is now. That's my New York call. Ah, good old New York. East side, west side, all around Flatbush. Quiet, quiet, Riley. Hello? Uh, hello, hello, Professor Hotchkiss? Yes, yes, yes? This is Carl Stevenson in Los Angeles. Never mind geography, Stevenson. My time is valuable. Oh, yes, yes, Professor. Have you thought over my proposition? Your telegram arrived at 10.15 this morning. I finished reading it at 10.16. And at 10.17 and a half, I made my decision. I am coming to Los Angeles. Oh, thank you, thank I'm you. I'm leaving New York by plane at 1.05 this afternoon. And will arrive in Los Angeles at 6.01 tomorrow morning. I will see you at my home at 7 a.m. Not 6.59, not 7.01, but 7 sharp. Yes, Professor, and I'll be there. Good. I demand punctuality. Now, the five minutes permitted for this phone call will terminate in exactly four seconds. One, two, three, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Professor. He's coming, he's coming. Oh, that's fine, boss. Oh, now my troubles are just beginning. If I'm not there at exactly 7 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a gone goose. I'll have to close down this plant. Well, you can't close down at 7. We don't even open until 8. <laughs> Professor Hotchkiss has a patent that would enable us to reconvert and stay in business. I've just got to put this over. Well, stop worrying, boss. Just be there on time. Supposing I'm late. My chauffeur's sick. I can't drive very well. Listen, boss, I can drive. I'll come over to your house tomorrow morning. Would you, Riley? Well, sure. What time do you want me to wake you up? At 6. Okay, you phone my house at 5.30, wake me. <laughs> Riley, for the love Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that wouldn't work, does it? Wait a minute, I, I just got even a better idea. Forget it, Riley. No, 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 boss, I insist. I'm going to help you. There's a noose hanging right in front of your neck, and I'm going to pull you through.
finally sold Mr. Stevenson on having dinner with us tonight and sleeping right here. Oh, you did, did you? Yeah. Look at the condition of this house. And what am I going to feed him? All we're having is hash. Well, that's okay, Dumplin'. He don't eat much anyway. You know them successful businessmen, they always got indigestion. <laughs> but, Daddy, this house is so crowded now. Where's he going to sleep? Yeah, Pop, where? Look, Dumplin'. You see this diagram I'm making on the table here? Yes. But with, with the knives and the forks, I'm making our three bedrooms, see? Mm-hmm. Now, here's you and me in our room, two lumps of sugar. Here's Babs in her room, this jar of honey. And here's Junior, this maple syrup. But where are you going to put the boss? This is the boss, this sour pickle. <laughs> now, watch what I do. I put Babs in Junior's room and Junior in Babs's room. Easy, Pop. You're all tangled up. Oh, now I got it. Look, get this, Peg. We put Junior in my room and Babs in your room. Your room and my room is the same room for the last 17 years. Oh, I thought you looked familiar. (laughs) But, Daddy, now you've got the four of us in one room. Well, the family should stay close together. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Junior stays put. Peg, you sleep with Babs and we give the boss our room and I'll get little Waldo Binney next door to invite me to sleep with him, huh? Uh, well, all right, go ask yeah, him. Yeah, okay. you Mr. Riley. What a break. That's Waldo now. I'll fix it so he'll invite me. Well, well, my little pal. How are you, Waldo? Oh, my aching back. <laughs> well, uh... What's aching it now, Waldo? Did your wife hit you with a baseball bat again? No, she kicked me. This is football season, you know. (laughs) Well, never mind, old pal. You're always welcome here. Oh, thank you, Mr. Riley. And uh, I'll uh, bet that I'm always welcome at your house, too. Anytime I want to sleep at your house, I can. Just like anytime you wanted to sleep in this house, you can. Oh, I thought you'd feel that way. So here I am with my overnight bag. <laughs> uh, which room do I get? Well, take your pick, Waldo. Wait a Waldo. You, you, you mean you want to sleep here? Well, I'll have to. I've run away from home. Oh, but Mr. Benny, that's desertion. No, Babs. With my wife, it's self-preservation. <laughs> and she'll never trace me either. Well, what are you going to do, Mr. Benny? Disguise yourself? Yep. I'm taking the heels off my shoes so I won't look so tall. Well, we'd like to put you up tonight, Waldo, but Riley's boss is coming. We haven't too much supper as it is. Oh, you wouldn't have to feed me. I've got a basket here full of food. Well, well, holy smoke. Look, Peggy's got a whole roast of pork and, and, and sweet potatoes and... What's this? Waldo, a whiskey flask? Yes, sir. Full of gravy. <laughs> and, and you'll find an angel cake under my pajamas. A whole meal. Waldo, old pal, you just gotta stay to supper, and I won't take no for an answer. Yes, sir, Mr. Stevenson, there's nothing like a good cigar after dinner, is there? Oh, that's right, Riley, that's right. I'm enjoying this smoke you gave me. Well, if you like smoking it now, just wait until you light it. Oh, didn't I light it? Uh, 
Oh, I can't seem to concentrate on anything except that appointment tomorrow. Relax, boss. I'll get you there on time. Riley, I forgot to bring my watch with me, so be sure to set your alarm clock right. Oh, sure thing, boss. Oh, and don't forget, set it back an hour. Tonight, daylight saving ends. It does? And I was depending on you to get me someplace on time. Oh, what a narrow escape. Well, now, wait, boss. I didn't exactly forget daylight saving, but ain't you wrong about setting the clock back? We set the clock ahead, so... Don't we? Nonsense. The object of daylight saving is to create a longer day. Ergo, set the clock ahead and gain an hour's time. But regular time shortens the day, ergo, set the clock back to lose an hour. Who's Ergo? (laughs) Oh, never mind. Here it is in the newspaper. You set it back one hour. You see, boss, I told you. You told me. Well, I'm... Glad that's settled. Look, boss, you're pretty nervous. I'll say I am. My head's pounding, too. Well, how's about sitting in the backyard and blowing your brains out with some fresh air? (laughs) Well, that's not a bad idea. But don't forget to set the clock back before we turn in. I won't forget. I'm a man with a routine mind. Look, I'm 39 years old. And every night of my life, what's the very last thing I do before I jump into bed? I uh, look at the clock. All right. And tonight, when I look at the clock, what'll I see? This note. What note? I'm writing it now. Set the clock back one hour. Signed, Riley. Hello, is that you, Egghead? This is Junior Riley. I know it's kind of late to phone you, but don't forget the hike tomorrow morning. What? Set the clock back? Say, that's right. Oh, I see Pop left a note here to remind me. Okay, Eggie, I'll set it back now. Goodbye. Let's see, 11.30. I'll set it back to 10.30. There, that's fixed. Well, good night, Babs, dearest. Good night, Minton. I had a lovely time. It was the most exciting evening of my life. Thanks for letting me hold your hand. (laughs) Oh, that's all right, Minton. You're very daring, but uh, I understand you. (laughs) Oh, look, what's this? Set clock back one hour. Oh, Daddy left me a reminder. I'd better do it now. One hour back. There, that's done. Good night, boss. Sleep tight. Oh, good night, Riley. Good night. Oh, Riley. Yeah? What is the last thing you do every night before you get into bed? I poke my head in the icebox. I mean the clock! Oh, that, uh, well, sure, sure. I... Boy, I'm glad he reminded me. Let's see. Uh, Oh, here's a note. What's the note say? Back one hour. Oh. Oh, okay. I'll set it back one hour. There. Now I'll fix the alarm for six (laughs) o'clock. Boy, that boss is lucky he's got me. Let's go, boss. Cars in the alley and we're right on time. 
Very peculiar, Riley. It's only 6 a.m., but the sun is out pretty high. Well, it's 6.15 by now, boss. Ain't it wonderful about Mother Nature? We set our clock back, and she sets the sun back. <laughs> Riley, aren't there a lot of people on the street for only 6.15? You're sure you only set that clock back one hour? Oh, that's all, boss. One hour. I swear it. On my two sweet children, Babs and Junior. But look at all those school kids. No school opens this early. Must be night school kids going home. <laughs> now, relax, boss. I guarantee I'll have you out of Professor Hotchkisses by seven sharp. Morning, Mr. Riley. Oh, good morning, Mr. Egan. Uh, Mr. Egan, ain't you delivering the mail kind of early today? Nope. Exact same time as usual. 8.15 on the dot. 8.15? Oh, you're kidding, Mr. Egan. It's only 6.15. Mr. Riley, the United States Post Office has over 200,000 mailmen. And every one of us can read a watch. I give you my word, it's 8.15. You hear, Riley? You hear? It's 8.15. Boss, are you going to take the word of 200,000 mailmen against me? <laughs> Mr. Egan, you and me is through. From now on, I'm taking my mail by phone. <laughs> Riley, I'm over an hour late My whole business is wrecked Why did I ever let my whole future depend on an unreliable baboon? Now, just a minute, boss I'm a reliable baboon <laughs> I'll prove it's only 6.15 Let me climb up on this fence What for, you fool? So as I can see the clock down on the corner outside the bank that bank clock is never wrong. That's a great bank. Well, can you see it? Can you see the time? Well, sure I can see it. It's uh, 8.15. <laughs> oh, I knew that bank couldn't be trusted. I'm glad I'm overdrawn. <laughs> Like Stevenson's huge factory and Riley's job are both things of the past. We'll be back with Riley in just a moment. Meanwhile, this is Ken Carpenter with a short spiel about Teal. Millions have switched to Teal, the modern liquid dentifrice, for Teal cleans teeth without abrasives. Scientific studies by dentists prove that the daily use of toothpastes or powders containing harsh abrasives can damage the teeth, cause ugly gum-lined cavities. Only Teal, of all leading dentifrices, protects teeth from such damage. Here are the facts. Out of every ten adults, eight have receding gums. When gums recede, softer and less protected parts of the teeth are exposed. Those parts are 25 times softer than tooth enamel and are easily damaged by the regular use of a toothpaste or powder containing harsh abrasives. Therefore, the chances are eight in ten you are risking those ground-in cavities daily unless the dentifrice you use contains no such abrasives. Yes, the chances are 8 in 10 you are grinding gum-lined cavities into your teeth unless the dentifrice you use contains no harmful abrasives. And remember, of all leading dentifrices, only Teal can make this claim. Teal cleans teeth with a patented ingredient without abrasives, protects teeth from ground-in gum-lined cavities as no other leading dentifrice can. So switch to Teal and follow directions on the package. You love Teal's tangy flavor, its foamy cleansing action. The Teal way takes one extra minute a week, makes teeth look their sparkling best safely. T-E-E-L, Teal, protects teeth beautifully. And now we bring you the second act of The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. 
Well, Riley promised to deliver his boss to an important date with a certain highly punctual inventor. But three members of Riley's family set back the clock one hour apiece. And now the boss is two hours late. Right now they're driving rapidly to Professor Hotchkiss in a frantic effort to save the deal. Riley, what's the road? Yes, Mr. Stevenson. Yes, sir. Don't worry. Just relax. Relax. How can I relax? Two hours late and it's all your fault. Yeah, that's all my fault. I was a fool to trust you. You certainly were. A big fool. Yeah, a giant. You... <laughs> but don't worry. Maybe there still is a chance. Not when I'm two hours late. The professor's a nut on punctuality. He's an amazing scientist. And this patent he's got can save my business. Maybe he'll give me a chance. Maybe he'll give me a break. Maybe I can still see him. Don't worry, you will. There's an outside chance I can still get that contract. Don't worry, you will. Stop agreeing with me. Yes, boss. If I ever get out of this car alive... Don't worry, you won't. I mean, <laughs> you will. Relax. Riley. Riley, what's the road? Why, what's it doing? We're off the highway. Oh, that's okay, boss. I'm taking a shortcut. Riley. Get back on the road before something happens. What can happen? <laughs> I think we got a slow leak. You think, do you? What with? Riley. Riley, get out of this car. Uh, I'm getting out, boss. Now, now, don't worry. I'll have it fixed in a few hours. Let it alone. You've done enough. But, boss, you can't drive on that flat. Shut up! You're fired! Stay away from me! If I never see you again, it'll be too soon! Too soon! Too soon! He's hysterical. Just like a woman. This is the first time in my life I ever went driving with a woman and I had to walk home. Who oh, there, Riley? Ah, who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, hello, Digger. I didn't recognize you. I never saw you before in an open car. This is my new sports roadster. How do you like the special two-tone paint job? Black with a light black stripe. <laughs> Digger, I'm in big trouble. I just lost my job. Cheer up, my friend. In my profession, we have one rule. Keep a stiff upper lip. It's too late, Digger. The way I feel, I wish the earth would open up and swallow me. Riley, you've come to the right man. <laughs> what is your problem? Well, on account of me, my boss missed an important appointment with a certain inventor, and now he'll have to shut down the plant, and it's all my fault. I know how you feel. When I first started out as an apprentice in my field... I did something that almost ruined my boss's business. I hung up a little sign on the door that everyone could read as they went out. Well, how could a little sign ruin the business, Tigger? The sign said, thank you, call again. <laughs> oh, if I could only help Mr. Stevenson out of this jam. But you can. Go to this inventor. Tell him it's your fault. Assume complete responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Maybe he'll give the boss another chance. Get in, Riley. I'll drive you there. 
Oh, gee, you're swell, Digger. You're always helping me out. And why not? I like your frank and open countenance, your overflowing heart, your simplicity of soul. I adore you, Riley. You're so gay. <laughs> Thanks, Digger. You're one guy who never lets me down. You can depend on it. I'll never let you down as long as you live. <laughs> please, Mr. Gluten. Please let me see Professor Hutchkiss. I gotta tell him it ain't Mr. Stevenson's fault. Impossible, Mr. Riley. Why, if he even hears the name Stevenson, he'll fly into a tizzy. You'd better go. Glutin! Glutin! What's keeping you? I'm a, 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 a sorry, Professor. I, Please don't I, stutter. It waste time. This doorbell rang 33 seconds ago. You should have answered it in eight, thrown this vagrant out in 20, and had five seconds left to take a letter. Professor, my name is Riley. C could you please spare me two seconds of your time? What? Okay, one second. What's it about? Well, my boss, Mr. Stevenson. Get out! Get out and tell Stevenson he's through. I flew all the way from New York and got here on time, and Stevenson only had to come a few miles, and he's ten hours late. Ten hours? To be precise, ten hours, eighteen minutes, and ten seconds. I demand a recount. <laughs> we was due here at seven. We're only two hours late. How dare you question my time? My watch is never wrong. Well, California time is different than New York. Did you fix it last night? The audacity of this ignorant oaf. Don't you think I know there's a three-hour difference? Therefore, when I left New York, ipso facto, I set it three hours ahead. Ahead? You should have set it three hours back. Now I got you by the ipso facto. <laughs> Wait. I left New York at 1.05. California is 10.05. Oh, good heavens. Could I have slipped up? Oh, Professor, you're pale. You're shaking. Gluten, this ignorant oaf is right. Think, Gluten, think. I have just made my first error in 32 years, eight months, two weeks, and four days. Cheer up, Professor. None of us is perfect. At least you fixed your watch for daylight saving. Ah, you won't trap me again. As we flew over the Rockies, I set my watch ahead one hour. Ah, there's bad news tonight. <laughs> you should have said it back. No. No, it can't be. You see, here it is right in the paper. Where? Where? There. Yes. Yes, you're right. That means I'm eight hours off. Riley, tell me one thing, please. What time is it? About nine in the morning. Nine in the morning? Yeah. And I just ate supper. <laughs> No, I refuse to believe it. I can't be this wrong. If I am wrong, it means the greatest brain in the time-space field has cracked. Oh, you need a rest, Professor. Why don't you spend a quiet weekend at Ocean Park? <laughs> I must get a grip on myself. I must find out the exact time. Uh, professor, I'll get it on the radio. I'll pay any price. I'll do anything for the man who gives me the right time. Professor Hutchins, I'm Stevenson. I... Riley, what are you doing here? Me and the professor are killing time. <laughs> Stevenson, what time is it? Now, Professor, I admit I'm late, but my factory is the best for your work. And what? I... 
time is it? If you'll only give me another chance, I'm What sure that... What time is it? Boss, he'll give you anything for the right time, a contract or anything. Tell him the time. But I don't know it. Tell him it's exactly 9.20. How do you know it's 9.20? I'm telling you, ain't I? Have I ever been wrong? <laughs> you, you got me into this. Uh, professor, I've got the contracts ready for your signature. I'll sign anything. Just tell me the time. Boss, it's your big chance. Say 9.20. Uh, professor, you want the right time? It's just, uh... 9.20. You're sure? You're sure? We're positive, and we ain't even got a watch. <laughs> professor, Professor, I've got it just now. Over the radio. It's 9.20 Western Union time. You see, boys? Wonderful, Stevenson. What a time sense. You're the man for me. Then you'll sign, Professor? Yes, yes, give me that contract. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank Come you. Come along, Luton, to my study. I'll be back in 41 seconds. <laughs> well, Riley... We put it over. <laughs> Excuse me, boss. Not we. Me. <laughs> I won't forget it, Riley. But how on earth did you know the time? Come here, boss. Yeah? Huh? Look out that window. What can you see hanging in front of that jewelry store? Uh, a clock. <laughs> Before I came in here, I happened to see it said 9.20. <laughs> Great, huh? <laughs> 9.20? Yep. Wait a minute. It still says 9.20. Hmm? Riley, that's not a real clock. It's a wooden clock. A wooden clock? With the hands painted on. It always says 920. What a revolting development this is. <laughs> then how come Western Union had the same time? It was a coincidence. Thank heavens. Riley, you're a fool for luck. <laughs> Shake. Oh, thanks, boss. Ain't that a wonderful break? Imagine. Who'd have thought a big company like Western Union would also be using a wooden clock? <laughs> Riley will be back in just a moment. Promise yourself right now to switch to Teal, the modern liquid dentifrice. Teal, the newer, safer way to brush teeth. Safer by far than daily brushings with toothpastes and powders containing harsh abrasives. For listen, out of every ten adults, eight have receding gums. And that means parts of the teeth are exposed, which are 25 times softer than tooth enamel. And brushing those softer parts daily with any dentifrice containing harsh abrasives grinds in ugly cavities. But teal protects teeth from such cavities as no other leading dentifrice can. For teal cleans teeth, with a patented ingredient without abrasives. The Teal Way takes one extra minute a week, makes teeth look their sparkling best safely. Just ask for T-E-E-L, Teal, and follow directions on the package. Teal protects teeth beautifully. Here's a word from the man who makes Riley so smiley, William Bendix. Thanks, Ken. Friends, the war is over, yes. But the need for volunteer war workers continues. Especially needed are nurses' aides, Red Cross volunteers, crop corps, selective service board volunteers, and volunteer members of price control boards. But there are plenty of other volunteer jobs that are so important while our country makes the ticklish transition from war to peace. So for as long as our services are needed... 
Let's all stick to our volunteer war job. How about it? Parker and Gamble, makers of Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, invite you to be their guest next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix appears by arrangement with Hal Roach Studios and is currently starring in 20th Century Fox's A Bell for Adano. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music is by Lou Kozlov. So until next week at the same time, this is Ken Carpenter saying goodnight for Teal. And remember, for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley. And for lovely smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, protects teeth beautifully. Good night. the story of a girl who found the answer to her prayer in a soap called ivory flakes this maiden found her pretty clothes gave up to twice the wear when she washed them all so gently in ivory flakes sweaters and blouses lingerie she soon discovered how beautiful they can stay now they're lovely to look at and all it takes is that ever love and care with ivory flakes twice the wear Ivory flakes, twice the wear, ivory flakes. This is the National Broadcasting Company.